Hey, this is Maxwell, and welcome back to the Mo Video Games Top 50 Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about 50 games. How? We don't know, but you're about to find out. And today we're going to touch on some hard-hitting controversial topics like racing games and bombs exploding and maybe even a little bit of GTA 5. So thank you for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Oh, video games. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start this one. Hell yeah. You started the last one. So We're talking about some games today. Yeah. Weird. Continue we thought we'd switch it up. Continue in the series. This episode. It is Detroit Become Human versus Forza Motorsport 7. Two vastly different games. <laughs> As are so many of these. It, yeah. Yeah. We've talked about how the matchups are horrible all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be horrible no matter what we do. Either way. The point is just to get us talking. Yeah. We talking. We're talking. We're talking. You're listening. We can't find anything else to talk about. <laughs> all right. So Detroit Become Human. <laughs> um, it was developed by Quantic Dream, um, and it released initially as a PS4 exclusive back in April of 2018. Um, and it was actually just released on the PC um, in this last December of 2019, um, which is pretty cool. Sony's kind of been a, a lot of their exclusives um, have kind of been shifting over to the PC. Like we've got Horizon Zero Dawn's coming to the PC. Shortly, Death Stranding has um, been announced as coming to the PC, um, which is kind of exciting. Actually, yeah. We I talked about this. I already forgot that Death Stranding. I'm going to play The Walking Simulator. Quap? <laughs> that took me a second. I forgot. I keep forgetting about that game. Yeah, You've I'm, thrown it out twice. I know. This is my goal now to put Quap into every episode we record. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Death Stranding, The Walking Simulator. Um, yeah, it will be coming to PC, which is cool. I think, like, kind of side tangent already <laughs> but the the whole like console wars pc master race games exclusivity blah 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 like that, I, that expression needs to die too <laughs> yes the, but the i think the more people that can play video games and the more platforms they can come out on and the better every platform gets it's just better for everyone it just it's like competition it just pushes the boundaries makes everything a better experience for everyone so i'm excited these games are coming to pc more people can experience them um a lot of people already have a pc not necessarily for gaming but it, it opens up some possibilities so but yeah so it came to pc um the developer quantum dream is responsible for such titles as heavy rain sean sean and beyond two souls um which i have not played i believe i own it um it came kind of as like a bundle um, with a purchase you get Detroit Become Human and it also came with Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls so I'm, I'm interested to try that one out um, but essentially the game there's there's three main characters um, it takes place in 2038 there are um, the, the characters you play as are androids um, and they've, they've kind of blurred into humans um, there's really only kind of one way you can tell they're an android there's a little blue ring on their forehead um, or their temple that kind of indicates they're androids and essentially without trying to spoil too much um it's it's kind of asking as androids and artificial <laughs> intelligence um advance rapidly like what happens when they start to develop things like emotions um and so so a lot of the things that were initially praised and i agree with this like visually it is stunning um oliver and i were just watching a quick gameplay clip and it cut to um, a uh, hand on a piece of paper, and yeah. I, I thought it was real. We, at we first. both thought, like I thought, like an advertisement. Had That's what I up thought. In the video. I was like, we're only like two seconds into watching this video. How's an ad already playing? Yeah, no, it, it absolutely not. Um, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not baby. It's crazy. Absolutely um, <laughs> not. Um, but uh, and so probably the, the biggest catch of Detroit Become Human is like until dawn there are branching decision trees so the entire game there's there's very minimal gameplay it's a lot of quick time events um but there are so many points where you're asked to make a decision and more than any game i've ever played before the decisions have 
actually pretty large impacts on the story later on. Characters can die very early in the game, main characters that you play as. Um, and at the end of every level, it shows you the entire decision tree of possibilities and all the ones you didn't take are blocked off. It doesn't spoil them and it shows you the one path you took. So you can go back and see at which point you could have made a different decision to go down a different tree. And it, it unlocks different options like something in the early levels you do will lock or unlock possibilities like three or four levels down the road. Just truly, just crazy stuff. It, that That's probably the most exciting and alluring thing about the game. Um, but one huge negative that a lot of people kind of unanimously agree is that it is pretty tone deaf. It, it tries to touch on racial injustices and like the history of those tones, but now as androids being the minorities and the way it handles it. And is just kind of, it, there wasn't a lot of sensitivity that was played to it. It wasn't something I immediately noticed after playing. I was kind of enthralled by the visuals and the decisions, but on further reflection and reading a lot of the reviews, I absolutely agree. It can be, especially um, with what's going on in the world right now, um, kind of going through an intense protest of civil rights still. Um, it's just kind of an interesting time to be discussing this game. But uh, yeah, it's it, they so but going back to just in general, Detroit Become Human, you can play the demo for free. I suggest checking it out. It's pretty interesting. Even if you only play the demo, it's a pretty fun experience. And it gives you opportunities to go back and see branching decisions. You can get different endings. Um, so pretty fun. Overall, it got like 80 um, out of 100 on Metacritic. Pr pretty well received, but a big knock for a lot of people was kind of the, the tone deafness. So, but yeah, it sold. It, it initially started way back um, in like 2013, I think. 2012, 2013, there was a tech demo released for the PS3 called Kara, who is actually one of the characters you play as in Detroit Become Human. And it turned into a game because the people who created the tech demo were like, hey, like, what would happen after this? They just wanted to explore that story. And five or six years later, boom boom it's released but yeah that's Detroit Become Human I don't know I know you you've played the demo you, you haven't done much with it but I know what you thought about it I mean I know the visuals are kind of crazy but visuals were crazy uh I mean the demo is definitely fun and like it was very compelling to keep playing the game afterwards um like it's a title I'd definitely be interested in playing after playing the demo because, I don't know, the yeah, it made the butterfly effect-esque nature of it feel really potent, I guess. Like, like every, you know, like playing uh, Until Dawn, uh, I don't know. They, it felt like there's a lot of decisions that you were making that didn't really matter as much, you mm -hmm. know? Like, it's kind of hard to tell the magnitude. But since um, in the beginning, there's, you know, an android who is holding a little little squirrel with a gun to her head. <laughs> um <laughs> threatening the killer and so like every single time you you take two seconds just to, like look at something on the ground or something like that it just it feels like i don't know very very high risk high reward for all of the reconnaissance that you're trying to do so i, I like the tempo a lot of the demo um and i would be surprised if it changed for the rest of the game but yeah so that's i don't know it felt it felt it felt a lot more like purposeful as i was playing through it where until dawn definitely that that gameplay sometimes i was like I could probably do any of these options and it won't change the future, you know? Like, maybe if you made some previous decisions, it would change the impact and magnitude of, it, like, that decision you're making. But there were there were a lot of times where I was just like, you know, this is an inconsequential part of the story, it felt like. Yeah, and until dawn, the, the breath, I think, of what you could do was essentially who survived at the end. But that was, like, about all that changed. Like, the fact that I could go through and get every trophy and ending with, like, two to three playthroughs until dawn and detroit become human i don't even want to think about how many playthroughs it would take to unlock all the decision trees like there is a lot in there and yeah the what, what you said about kind of the time thing too like sometimes the, the game doesn't let you just explore around like sometimes there's time consequences as well it's it feels it feels real yeah it, it did a very good job of that so i yeah i enjoyed it for the little i played and i like would be surprised if i thought it was a poor game after seeing what i saw they would, they would really have to um 
they'd have to fuck up pretty bad for lack of better words <laughs> to, to uh, take take the formula that, that they had there and not make it interesting. So yeah, but then so Forza Motorsport Seven completely shifting gears. That's it. I don't get it. <laughs> this also is a butterfly effect game. <laughs> um, it's not. You drive one car and you don't know what car you're gonna drive next. Yeah, but the one you do drive next affects the car you drive after that. That is the truth. <laughs> no, so Forza Motorsport Seven. Um, so Forza series is kind of Microsoft's racing series. It's been going on for a long time. Obviously, this is the seventh. So the Motorsport series in Forza is kind of their more quote unquote sim racing. There's still a lot of arcadey elements to it. It's not like a true racing sim. Um, but it has very realistic handling. Um, you're driving on professional real life tracks um, in, in the in the real world. <laughs> what word I was looking for there? Um, yeah, they're actual tracks. Yeah, that exist, tracks. which I think is super cool. Like I, I think that's a detail that they didn't have to put in there. But yeah, that's that's pretty cool that a game is doing that. I like when you get to like learn something about the actual physical world while you're playing a game. Yeah. Like that tie-in makes it more interesting than just being like, "Oh yeah, dude, Luigi Circuit." That's a that's a classic <laughs> right there. You know, like. Yeah, and and the thing that that kind of sets the Forza series apart from other things. So there's like Project Cars. Um, there's Assetto Corsa. Um, on the PlayStation, there's Gran Turismo. Th- those are all like quote unquote racing sim type games, um, but the Forza's car selection is just it because they also do it in in tandem with the horizon series which is their more like open world crazy arcadey version um there's just there's so many cars like six or seven hundred different cars and like everyday cars like driving honda civics and um driving golfs golfs mini minivans all all kinds of weird stuff pugies Pugies, tons of Pugies. <laughs> Peugeot, for those who aren't familiar with our dumb language. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just that there's, there's a lot of variety in the cars. And that, that's why, for me, it's, it is a really impactful game. Um, it, the reason I chose 7 versus any of the previous 6 um, is just because 7 was my introduction to Forza Motorsports specifically. Um, visually stunning. Um, they actually developed it kind of in conjunction with the Xbox One X um, with Microsoft and the Turn 10 Studios who developed Forza Motorsport 7 gave a lot of feedback to the Xbox design team. Um, and they actually got it running at four, native 4K 60 frames per second on the Xbox One X, which is pretty cool. Um, the, the, the thing that I really liked about the game, the, the Halo car that's kind of on the cover is the 2018 Porsche GT2 RS. And it, it was it just come out when the game, so the game being released back in 2017, right around the time the 2018 Porsche GT2 RS was released, it was just like, I thought that car was super cool to have those opportunities um, to drive it in game. Like Forza Motorsport 6, the Halo car was the new Ford GT. Um, like I wanted to, I so badly wanted to play that in a racing game. It, it did a good job of kind of drawing me in that way. Big knock on the game for me is that they have kind of a loot box mechanic. And why? It's a racing game. Why Why do we need loot boxes and everything? Yeah, a little Battlefront 2 action. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not as bad as Battlefront 2, for nothing sure. Nothing will be as bad as Battlefront 2. I, I have not had to spend a single dollar in Forza Motorsport 7, and I have a lot of crap unlocked. Like, they definitely, they, they don't, like, shortchange you and kind of force you into the loot box, like, gambling mechanic, but it's in there. And it's just, it feels unnecessary. Like, it's a bunch of, like, multipliers, like, oh, double your credits on this race and stuff. It's like, uh, I, I want to think about racing. I don't want to think about, like, maximizing my money in the game. Yeah, you don't want it to be a collectathon. You want it to be a car game. Yeah, which Forza is kind of a collectathon. I mean, the, the fact that they have so many cars, they kind of encourage you to, to collect and get a bunch of stuff. But, yeah, that it kind of distracts from what the game is. Yeah. Do you get cars pretty quickly? Yes, yeah, and like every driver level you get, you have like the opportunity to unlock a car for a huge discount, or just get some credits or some unique avatar stuff, and you get you get money pretty quickly. You win cars from different events too as you're completing them, um, so you're definitely not like short of cars, in, which is why the loot boxing doesn't 
really bother me. You don't need to really do much with it to get stuff out of the game. And you get like free boxes like every time you log in or um, every week. So it's it's not terribly invasive, but it was just, it was unnecessary. It's just, it's bloat. It adds unnecessary complexity. So that, that was kind of my biggest knock. But overall, incredibly fun game. Getting to drive on, on real life tracks. It's a lot of fun. Um, so now trying to compare the two. Oof. One's a little faster than the other, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Shifting gears. <laughs> um, gosh, it, it's hard because I I grew up playing so many racing games. Still love them. I've got so many on my list of top 50. Um, but Detroit Become Human was just like the breadth of the decisions and the visuals were absolutely incredible. And I think for the fact that I have other racing games on the list, including Forza Horizon, which I think is more fun for me, I am going to give the win to Detroit Become Human. Shooketh. To the bone. To the bone. I don't even know. I'm not even looking at it. I don't know which one was rated higher than the other. Um, But Detroit Become Human. Uh, Yeah. That's my winner. I wonder uh, how many game comparisons we're going to go through where you have the racing game as the other one and be like, oh, I have other racing games on my thing. I keep picking the non-racing game. (laughs) At some point, I run out, right? That's what happens. First round, they unintentionally all get knocked because they're like, oh, some other racing game will make it through. (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, shit. No, I definitely... There's at least two racing games on here that are the ones I'm thinking of that I'm like, okay, I, I don't really need to have this one on there because there are others I prefer. But Yeah, Forza Horizon... Four, right? Yeah, that, that's the one I specifically have on the list. Yeah, that one, that is an amazing car game, racing game. Yes. That, ooh, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Yeah, well, and, and a preview to that, so Forza Horizon is, they, they kind of take what Turn 10 Studios, the developer of Forza Motorsport does, but it the Horizon series is actually mainly developed by Playground Games. Um, so they kind of add their own arcadey twists on everything. They're kind of creating this open world. It's an entirely different type of game. Um, so having a different developer makes perfect sense. And they both do a phenomenal job. Um, both games are good in their own right. But yeah. Yeah, that game, just to throw out real quick, since we're talking about racing games, that game's driving mechanics feel great as someone who doesn't play driving games. And then I played this one game. I'm trying to remember the title. Uh, the Crew 2, I believe it's called. And that the driving mechanics in that game, I would probably rather eat my own vomit than play that game again. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been thinking about retrying it because you did play it somewhat recently and said it was better than, I mean, I don't know, maybe they patched it up a little bit. but I, They definitely, with the original crew, they had a big patch that they updated the driving mechanics. Um, it, it's definitely better than i remember it but it is incredibly hard as far as arcade driving goes forza horizon strikes the most perfect balance between realism like what you would expect a car to do but also like you're doing things that are impossible to do in real life yeah you can you can have you can have fun and mess around but it still follows the laws of the normal world well enough that it's like predictable right which makes driving much easier and that where Man, driving around in the crew too. I mean, we played it pretty much like right on release. Um, that was a waste of sixty dollars <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, driving it on release, man, I, I, it, I was annoyed with how ridiculous and un, illogical <laughs> the driving mechanics were. Like it was just like is some bad child's representation of what modern physics should look like in a car i don't know how else to describe it i i was very annoyed it, it was actually for a driving game i'd expect the driving to be fun and the but driving it was also a flying and boating game yeah and i didn't even make it far enough into the game because i was so annoyed with the driving to get to the other parts so. i would say the crew two's driving is about a third as good as forza horizons that's pretty accurate and it's only a third of the game so it's accurate sure that that means it's a horrible horrible driving so yeah yeah, as a non as a non-racing game 
just wanted to throw since we won't talk about the crew too well we might mention it in the future yeah i think it's on my list is it actually i think it is um what how did it make it on your list that game's horrible i mean like i said i enjoy, I, I beat the entire game by that doesn't matter it still sucks <laughs> <laughs> well it'll probably lose it better but, yeah okay that's a bad i can think of once you're known metroid prime that'll well, that can knock out the crew too. <laughs> we'll just we'll have you beat Metroid Prime before you we get to the crew two comparison. How about that? Okay. Okay. Um. Um. All right. Your games. <laughs> okay. So, uh, comparing for me, keep talking, and nobody explodes. Uh, which I was just thinking about how, I mean, when I first heard that that name to that game. I didn't really know what to expect, and after playing it, they weren't lying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's that in Grand Theft Auto Five. So, yeah, that's a monstrosity of a title, to put it lightly. <laughs> um, so for keep talking, nobody explodes. Puzzle game, um, developed by Steel Crate, released October twenty fifteen for PC. You. The game, there's not a plot. It's just, you're just defusing bombs. Um, so there's one person who's defusing the bomb and all they can see the bomb, but there's an instruction manual on how to defuse the bomb and they're not allowed to see the instruction manual. So other people that are playing the game have to relay how that person's going to defuse the bomb. So it's a game essentially, I mean, if you are the bomb defuser, there is like, the most basic mechanic requirements of like being able to click and drag, you know, like there's, there's some stuff, I don't know, being, being quick with a computer is a little helpful being the bomb diffuser. But for the most part, one of the things I like a lot about the game is that like, it is a video game that anyone can play if you don't play video games at all. Right. It's just, since it is just a true puzzle game, like I could, I could play this with, you know, like my parents and they would be totally, you know, they'd be very good at it. I'm sure. Might cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing this. Stay it in, baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, point point is, is any anyone can play it for the most part, right? Like, I mean, if you don't not interested in puzzle games, you probably shouldn't play it because it's a puzzle game. But yeah, so it, it is an intense puzzle game. It is an intense puzzle game. It starts off very slow, but there is definitely a learning curve to it. The instruction manual is like 20 pages long, and so there's procedurally generated modules on the bombs so every time you open it up you're going to get a random quantity of modules and they're going to be random modules as well like sometimes they like hard to code like this one has to have three complicated wires is one of the names we call the modules um so yeah there's there's stuff like simon says where you're like trying to as the diffuser relay the pattern um like you know red green blue to the diffuser and they're they're trying to like find in the manual as fast as humanly possible while the timer's clicking down so you can click the right sequence of buttons and stuff. Um, so yeah, it is. Yeah, I. Oof. I I just have to throw out there. So if you go on Metacritic, there's one Russian reviewer. Okay. On Metacritic, it got seventy-one out of a hundred uh, for PC. Yeah. Let me put that first. And it, out of four reviews, and every review, three of the reviews were like 80 to 90. To 100. Yeah. They were good. They were very positive, except for this one Russian. Yes. And the only reason we, we, <laughs> the only reason we know it's Russian is because when you read the, the full review, the page is in Russian. Um, and he actually makes a comment about how... Uh, one of the interesting points of the game was the challenge of him trying to read the English manual. Ah, uh, yes. Like, he actually, he made that as, like, he, he put that as a positive of the game. So, like... <laughs> but he gave it a 20 out of 100. And let me let me just go on a quick rant here. The game is $15. So, it, he's talking about, like, oh, like, a game that touts communication. Like, oh, but it requires no communication. And that is just patently false. I, I got very tilted reading this review. It is every I disagree vehemently with everything that this reviewer stated about it. It just it it, it bothered me. The game is so hard and intense. Like maybe maybe we're bad. Maybe everyone else who plays it is just really good. But it, it takes it, it is truly complicated, especially as you go on. There's yeah, I'll, I'll let you continue talking. But the game is so good and complex. 
for a fifteen dollar game too, like it, that is hours and hours of good gameplay. Also, shout out to uh, Mitch and Megan for showing me this game. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much because yeah, it's it's also a great game because you can. I mean, like I have a copy and I could play with you know my family that's like a thousand miles away and stuff since really all the like the pds free to download online so really you just have to have one person looking at the bomb to defuse it but it is a good like remote play game as well which is another another nice positive of it um perfect for a couple couple of drinks on a weekend night (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's in, in his review he was saying how the game didn't require any communication which is just wrong i don't really know what else to say like it's the more i've played with friends the more you like not only are like trying to like explain okay here's the manual right here's the bomb here's the lineup of the modules but then you're trying to explain like the jargon or whatever that you come the slang that you come up with to convey information as efficiently as possible in the game like there's like a simple wires module right where it's just up to six or eight wires going across and you just have to cut certain wires and if you cut the correct wires then you know you don't get a strike um and depending on the bomb x amount of strikes will get you out so like you just say simple wires and read the colors top to bottom but if you were saying that to someone who like is playing it for the first time they would be like what are you talking about yeah and I, I guess we're reviewing this by disagreeing with the worst reviewer. Yeah. But I do have to say, too, <laughs> what, one of the reviewer's complaints was that the person defusing the bomb doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and that's I, I, I also disagree with that because, especially as you get further in the game, there are needy modules. And these are modules that need constant attention. So as you're conveying information to the people with the bomb manuals on what you are seeing, you also have to be moving the bomb around and doing certain interactions with the needy modules that that there is no solving. You just have to keep them happy um, while the bomb is going off. So you are constantly thinking and interacting with the bomb while also conveying information like that. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, yeah, as the diffuser, you're trying to like delegate modules to different people. And like, this is one of the only games that I can think of that on like a week at night that I would be having like a pen and paper yeah. in front of me you know you're scribbling down notes as fast as possible because the diffuser just has to get out as much information and delegate modules to certain people like there's like certain modules that i have certain friends that just hate like complicated wires i don't know anyone who really likes complicated wires but like you know if there's like one person who figures out complicated wires they get complicated wires for the rest of the night yeah <laughs> you know and the rest of their life <laughs> yeah like like it's just yeah, it is a very like communication. There's definitely a learning curve to it, and it's a very communication intensive game. So I don't. Yeah, the the review I think highlights everything that they complain about in the review. I think is a lot of the, the reasons that it is a very fun and inviting game to play. Inviting is the wrong word, but it invites you it invites, because it invites. It, if you don't play, the bomb explodes. If you don't keep talking, <laughs> you're saving everyone. lives. <laughs> but it also it being it, as everyone is still, we're like in quarantine people working from home even as restrictions are lifted like social distancing is still highly encouraged or if you have friends across the country across the world it is a game like you said it's perfect for this kind of time you can keep in touch with people have fun have different roles it's pretty cool yeah it's it's it is a very fun game for sure that yeah i'd be interested now that i mentioned it i would be interested to try I'm, I'm always interested seeing someone learn something new for the first time and every time you play keep talking with someone who hasn't played before it's like i mean the first time i remember the first time i played i was like there's an instruction manual that's 20 pages long that i have to look at i was like what are you talking about right now i mean even going back to it now we would be relearning for sure yeah because you like you have memorized like where all the modules are in the manual so you can scroll to it as fast as possible uh it's definitely nice if you have like a tablet or print out the paper, but yeah, I, I highly recommend printing it out. It's yeah. much easier, I believe, to go through. Yeah, you can you can kind of spread everything out in front of you. So yeah, if you want to be a, a explosion diffusal engineer for a, for a couple of days with your friends, that's the game to go for. The best explosion diffusal simulator I've played out of the one that I've played. <laughs> so. Um, and quick development note, so Steel Crate Games, who developed it, um, the reason they developed it is they were actually 
they had, they had published a, a VR game at a festival. And so people were coming up to try out the game. And so they, someone gets in the VR headset and there's a line of people that are just sitting there waiting and doing nothing. And they were kind of frustrated by the fact that the people sitting and waiting didn't have anything to do or couldn't contribute. Or even in a group setting, the one person wearing the VR, like everyone else, is just kind of sitting there. So that, that kind of inspired them to come up with some kind of game that would allow everyone to get involved. Um, not just the person that was playing the VR headset, which is how the game started. And, and probably one of the better ways to play it in VR. But you definitely don't need VR to do it. I have um, not played it in VR. Yeah. No, definitely don't need it. But I can see how it'd be kind of fun to, to kind of use your hands to like interact and move the, the bomb around. But it's we, we've played without it, made it pretty far. It's it's doable. It's it, fun. And VR for sure would guarantee you're not looking at the manual. <laughs> <laughs> and guarantee no one else is looking at the bomb. Yeah. Which sometimes, I don't know. Yeah, it's sometimes like uh, when playing with friends at like an apartment or something like that, if the apartment's kind of small, um you got to figure out how you're going to orient yourself so that everyone's screen is hidden from each other because you don't want any like crossover or anything like that. So yeah, but it, if you cheat, you're only cheating yourself. You're only cheating your fun. Exactly. It's, it, it is truly fun when you play it the right way. Wholesome fun for the whole family. Yeah. Until the you dog die too. Until you die. <laughs> so yeah, that games, it's a solid, uh, one out of 17 for me. That's my review. One out of seventeen. Is that good? Like it's first place out of seventeen games. No, nope, it's it's last place out of seventeen. Okay. Um, GTA Five. Most have not heard of this title. Some will never. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Developed by Rockstar Games. It is an action adventure game, though, in my opinion, heavy on action. Uh, released in 2013 this game is well this let me put it this way this game was still $60 until this year and maybe it's still $60 so seven years later and it's still selling full price which for any game now even AAA titles is kind of absurd even if you're Call of Duty like I don't know the last couple of gens of Call of Duty are still 60 but lasting seven years being full price well, Call of Duty is just they they like their money. So like you go on a Steam or somewhere to buy it, and it's going to be every game is full price. Yeah, it's like to buy the Call of Duty collection is like five hundred dollars. It's insane. Yeah, it's insanely expensive. Crazy. But point is, is that it just goes to show it's still been selling copies at full price. Obviously, they've had no issues with sales. So, um, kind of just a recommendation by popular opinion right there. But just to show how big the game is, it is. I guess the story of it is a heist simulator, <laughs> for lack of better words. I did not play the story very much, I will not lie. I think I played the first two heists. There's three or four? Chip. Uh, sure. Somewhere in that. I got I, I got decently through the story. Um, do you want to explain the story now or just cut it over Yeah, there? yeah, I can. So, so I've played through the game a few times. Um, you beat it multiple times? I have. Because I got on the PS4, did like the 100% completion and everything like that. And then I got it on the PC. Um, so I had to go through it again. So I had all the money for the characters to kind of mess around. I could have just done mods. But, you know, you only cheat in yourself. <laughs> That's the theme of today's episode. Don't cheat, kids. Um, but, uh, yeah, essentially, so there, there's three main playable characters. Michael, Franklin, and Trevor. Um and it opens the three of you um are like robbing a bank somewhere in the snowy midwest um and it goes wrong and so everyone thinks the character michael died uh, but it turns out he's actually just turned turned himself in and became like an, an informant and is in witness protection and so then trevor finds out that michael wasn't actually dead they meet up again and then Franklin is a, is a new character to them that they, they kind of met through happenstance. And then it's just kind of following the three of them in chaos and kind of like their addiction to the life of crime and heist. And they kind of get themselves into more hijinks with the FBI and being an informant and owing some people some money. And so they need to throw some heists together to get money and one big heist. It's just, it's chaos is the game. That's all you, that's all you really need to know. 
very chaotic and i have played this game i don't know how many hours more hours than a lot most most games that i've played so only playing 50 percent of the story and still putting in that many hours i guess just goes to show the gameplay is just so fun you get to do whatever you want whenever you want essentially with no restriction at all like it is it is about as open as I, it gets for a game for sure like you can yeah. run around with a rocket launcher blowing up cars and shooting people in cars or if you want to just go play a quick nine on the green you can also do that <laughs> yeah. as well you know like there's um yeah the the amount of things that you can do in the game is a little stupid especially with how big the world is like just the whole scope of it i think was one of the things that were like I don't know if caught off guard is the right term because games were starting to approach, I feel like, that magnitude, especially with games like Skyrim, which some of you may be familiar with, um, which I would say is like kind of comparable in the open world nature. I play Skyrim just like I play GTA, GTA 5, which I don't do the story at all, and I just do whatever I want, whenever I want, and just run around the world exploring things because that just it's really enjoyable to me. But yeah, GTA 5, it, I really like the driving mechanics. And so pretty much all I do now is I kill people until I get like three stars from the cops. And then it is a matter of, do you decide to try to run away with the three stars or go up to five stars and try to run away with five stars? It's essentially a cop escaping simulator for me at this point, (laughs) which I find really enjoyable. But yeah, the three characters makes it really fun. They all have their own little special abilities that you can use. Um, Like Franklin's really good at driving. Michael's good at shooting. Trevor's being good at being mad. Um, (laughs) and yeah the game it's it just kind of it doesn't take itself seriously at all and i just really enjoy that i don't know if i'm doing a good job of explaining this game at all for how big it is but yeah it um it's it's so big it's kind of hard to think about like one specific thing like your michael one of michael's missions don't you you do drugs and then aliens start coming down so you have to shoot them you like talk to some hippie protester dude and then you start tripping balls and are shooting the world goes pink and you're shooting like these aliens that are coming down to you in that sculpture park or whatever yeah yeah like it's there's a whole set of side missions for trevor where you do some kind of weird drug and then you fight a bunch of weird stuff there's like a whole series of side missions um, doing that. It's, it, it's, it's crazy. But I think one controversy, a huge controversy, I should say, surrounding the game is in the main story, there is a torture scene where you, as the player, are torturing someone in the game for information. That scene is gnarly. Yeah. That scene is. makes me squirm. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. A lot of places in other countries pulled it from the shelves as a result. Lawsuits were filed against Rockstar. Most of them, if not all of them, were dismissed. But it, it was a lot of controversy. Still is to this day. Um, and it, along with its depiction of women. Um, I mean, if you try to view it through the lens of satire, it everything is over the top. But that doesn't change the fact that it's still promoting those ideals and and for some people it can be harder to delineate or even promote that and the question is was was that necessary which has also kind of always been a staple of grand theft auto yeah hypersexualizing women is definitely just like always the thing that they do um but it, it is just kind of like a conglomerate of all of the offensive things that society doesn't like and doesn't like to talk about thrown into one game and then you get to do all of it <laughs> in one game yeah so it, it is highly mature if if you anyone ever listens to this is not familiar with grand theft auto and has kids it is not kid friendly yeah it is ever at all in any way shape or form yeah you can go to a strip club and then walk out of the strip club and start killing people and i mean you can only do you only do drugs on missions it's not like there's like it's not like you're like continually buying weed or something like that (laughs) like i don't know why they would even add that to the game um but yeah no it's it is it is an insane game there is there's that one mission where you're like cooking some type of drug i think meth and that like 
middle of nowhere lab and cars just keep coming one after another trying to shut down trevor's showing up oh yeah and cars just keep coming one by one and you are just literally slaughtering like you have to have killed at least like 30 or 40 people by the end of it but in the context of that game you just don't really like when i'm saying this and i'm thinking about how what my mom's gonna think about gta 5 when she's listening to this and she would not be happy let me put it that way (laughs) yeah no it's it, it is not it, it it's not it doesn't promote anything good yeah whatsoever it, it is a release and if you can separate yourself from it I, I don't think anyone who plays it is like doing it with the intention of wanting to do those bad things for it's sure just, it's just it's just fun because it's, it's, it's ridiculous that's yeah. that's the that's the enjoyment of the game and grand theft auto is just always offered it's it's like just because three in a, a lot of ways like it just offers some ridiculous scenario that like no one else has really made a game to simulate or anything like that so it's like that you know that opportunity to do things that you would never do normally um or on a platform that you would never do yeah and and although it has very good graphics especially as they released newer versions for the newer consoles and for pc it i mean it is cartoony it, like nothing about it is realistic yeah for sure um but some, some other little fun facts about GTA. So in the first three days, it had over a billion dollars in sales Insane. upon its release. It's now well over $6 billion made um, and has sold over 130 million copies, only behind Minecraft and Tetris. And for reference, so... A lot of Nintendo games are in the top 10, 15. Wii Sports, Mario games, all those kind of things. But the next non-Nintendo game is Skyrim. So 130 million copies for GTA. Or no, sorry, PUBG is the next one. Only 50 million copies for PUBG. Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Huge, wide-ranging game. Only 50 million copies. And then Skyrim after that, 30 million copies. It's insane. It's also insane to think about how PG Minecraft and Tetris are, and then you get GTA Five. Like, uh, beautiful underbelly of the world. Yes, and it, I, we'd maybe be remiss for not talking much about Grand Theft Auto Online, but I don't think we're going to. Neither of us has much experience with it, and the experience we have is poor and not fun. There's a lot of, especially on the PC people playing hacked modded games um, or people are just so far ahead of you in level and money that they just continually destroy you the loading times for missions are excessive there's really i've never had a positive experience with it that's interesting yeah i watching colton play shout out colton i miss you (laughs) love me (laughs) uh you're watching Colton play GTA Five seems or sorry GTA GTA Online seemed very it seemed pretty enjoyable to be interacting with people not really necessarily my cup of tea but I mean it seemed like Colton liked it a lot and one of the Twitch streamers that we watch, um, Kit Boga he plays GTA Online and he does I guess LARPing live action role oh okay and that is a huge part of that gta online community is like larping is very real where people people will be like i he pretend one of his characters i guess it would be varping yeah virtual action role play (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so one of one of the characters that he does on as a streamer he calls scammers and so when he's calling scammers to waste their time so he's created a bunch of characters as he's calling scammers so he takes those characters from when he's calling scammers and puts them into this varping scenario i did Um, not know this and uh, i need to yeah no so he brings his his old woman character that he uses edna he brings edna into his varping all the time and it is it is pretty hysterical i mean yeah, the, just the amount of detail that people will go to simulate real-world things in GTA Online, or G- GTA 5 in general, is just insane. But it just, like I said, the amount of things that you can do in that game, and the amount that it doesn't take itself seriously as a game by allowing you to do things like... I mean, if, if there was a scene where you're scrubbing a toilet in the game, I would not be surprised. There, There is. There, there's a, a, a scene I reference all the time where you're planting bombs in a building... And this is in regular GTA, and you mop for 90% of the mission. You are mopping floors, because you're pretending to be a janitor, 
and they make you. That that's the yeah, other that's, thing that's GTA does. Yeah. yeah, it forces you to you do yoga for an if and it is hard. I'm sweating doing the yoga. <laughs> People fail that mission all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it, it it kind of uh, yeah it it kind of breaks that stereotype of like, you know, games are just some like weird. It, I guess it, it 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 allows you to do ridiculous things that would never actually occur in the real world simultaneously while doing the most mundane possible things that exist in the real world. So. Yeah. The I I, I guess I was far too quick to judge and short-sighted on that i i totally forgot about all of the role-playing like barfing (laughs) like using servers in gta online i think would be incredibly fun and having a group of people to play with or going into servers that have specifically designed intents makes sense if you're just going into regular gta online and you just hop onto some um, random multiplayer server i think that can oftentimes for new players be a bad experience for sure um but there is a lot to like about it. And GTA Online is probably the reason it continues to sell so well mm-hmm. frequently because they are constantly adding new content to it. And that that is impressive, regardless of how you feel about the microtransactions in the game and the, the fact that it it is a model that is making them a lot of money and allowing them to add a lot of new content to the game. Um so yeah so I, I i guess i rescind my previous i i was quick to judge i i had a bad experience with gta online but i forgot about all of the, the, the there's a lot of creativity in but, the gaming community yeah yeah there's there's yeah lots of options so yeah overall it's a, it's an expansive game but i think i think we covered the basics well enough shoot people heists nice simulator Trevor has my favorite tattoo of all time. Rounds his throat, saying cut here. <laughs> <laughs> just ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's just, ooh, it is something else. It is also just, or I guess I already complimented the driving. The driving mechanics in the game are very, I, I, I guess I really maybe just should say I really hate the crew too's driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because to be fair, GTA Five is it does so, much so far from realism. Yeah. But it is so fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, everything. It does so much and it does everything so well. I can't think of any time that I was like, man, like this felt sloppily executed or anything like that. Yeah. Rockstar and Naughty Dog lead the pack in attention to detail. Yeah. For sure. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So, yeah, comparing the two games, um... That is like comparing GTA Five and keep talking and nobody explodes. <laughs> wow! I am going to give it to GTA Five. That's all I had to say. You're a sellout. I am a sellout. <laughs> Hundred and thirty plus million copies. It's it's hard to. Like I said, it's hard to compare a AAA title. Keep Talking, Nobody Explodes is a phenomenal game, but it is also a puzzle game with no story and no real mechanics or anything. But definitely, definitely is worth the mention. Definitely made 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 the top fifty list for a reason. But GTA Five is a game not unlike any game I've played before because there's previous GTAs. So I played and GTA bit. San Andreas. Which was also pretty big. Yeah, I think. Same world. Yeah, that's the one I played first in the Grand Theft Auto series. But I think that, uh, unlike a lot of series that I've played, GTA did a good job of you know when GTA Five came out, it did not feel like a you know a bad recreation of the series or a bad another installment. Like that, so much changed and so much added to it. Uh, I think it really brought a lot to the game, um, in scope and mechanics and stuff like that so i picking that you know as, as my favorite out of all the other ones not that i haven't played the other ones but that i thought that that one was it's an incredible game for sure there's it's like the fifth highest rated game on metacritic um i'm pretty okay. sure yeah at 97 out of 100 so yeah it is it's it's just it's an epic game for sure not made by epic games but Epic Games did just have it for free. <laughs> that is true. And to date this video, they have Overcooked for free right now. 
They do. So if you want Overcooked, and it won't be free by the time that they <laughs> release this podcast. But Epic Games, they, they've gotten a lot of criticism, but their their PC game launcher, they they do free games all the time, and they, they do some pretty big titles. It's worth, it's worth a look. They do. Their launcher is not the worst launcher. Their, their client is not the worst client I've used. Origin, hands down, worst client I've ever used in my life, and I hate that client with a burning passion. That that client was developed by a two-year-old who just learned to code. And if you coded that, I hope you're offended because you should be. That's a horrible client. <laughs> <laughs> the client is so not user-friendly at all. Like just trying to Maxwell and I were playing this happened we played multiple games with the client. Yeah. And every single time I am trying to figure out how to even add him as a friend on the client <laughs> and i can't even add him as a friend on the or client. even figure out where the client is yeah i yeah oh my gosh it's just it's all it was coded so lazily it's so frustrating the resolution scaling is terrible i think they've recently fixed that but there was a long time where you i could not get the resolution to scale so i, I used to play pc games on my large 4k tv and so at 4k <laughs> resolution what were we saying okay origin bad Origin client For is sure. shit. Five sure. It is a terrible client. Um, yeah, it does not there there is just no user interface review. Like as 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 two people who studied industrial engineering, the, the human factors in me cries when I use that client. And then also just yeah. the not only is it hard to use, it's also terribly ugly. <laughs> it's just like there's, I have nothing good to say about it, but there's no reason to poo-poo on it because you can get Overcooked for free on Epic Games. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe in the future we will do all these games that are getting eliminated in this first round, but we we have some fun attachment to. Perhaps we'll do kind of a, a mini consolation round, uh, like um, a losers bracket. Yeah. After we finish this. Second chance bracket. Loser's bracket sounds too harsh. That's true. They're anti-winners? Is that... Anti-winners. Almost winners? There we go. Tried hard. Tried hard. Yeah. (laughs) Participation trophy. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We're still pretty new to this and learning a lot as we go. If you have any suggestions on things you'd like to see or things you'd like us to do a little bit differently... Um, feel free to check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Mo Video Games. That's M O Video Games. Um, you can also check out our boy Oliver on Twitch at Slime Army with two E's in Army, which I know Army that doesn't have any E's in it, but it's two E's instead of a Y. So give us a follow, and we hope to see you next time. Josie.